G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In Mark's Gospel, we read that Jesus entered a synagogue one day, and there was a man there who had a withered hand. Now Luke, being a doctor, noticed it was his right hand, his working hand, or his serving hand that was withered. It's a wonderful thing when Jesus stretches out his hand. We often read in the Gospels that he reached out his hand many times to heal the sick. Then, of course, there were times when he touched a leper to cleanse the leper. What about the time when he was walking on water and Peter was sinking and Jesus stretched out his hand and lifted him up and saved him from drowning? And then, of course, there were the times when they brought the little children to Jesus and he put his hands on them, the Bible says, and blessed them. Now, we are the body of Christ. He has no other body but us. Sometimes we stretch forth our hand to bless in His name. We reach out our hand as we welcome people, to comfort people, to give to those in need, to minister, to heal, and so on. Jesus wants a body that will continue to stretch forth its hand. Today, Jesus wants to reach out His hand to those around you. Are you open for business? This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And this week, we're talking about stretching out our hands. As members of the body of Christ, we have a great privilege of being His hands reaching out to the world. And it is a privilege, Ken, isn't it, to know that just as Jesus has reached out to so many when He was on earth, that He's actually still doing that today through us, the members of His body. It's an amazing privilege. It is. And as we often say, it's not our ability that God uses, but our availability. Mm. And that's what I want us to focus on this week, Phil. I'm sure that, like me, you know of several people who once reached out their hand to others and maybe they were very effective in their ministry of doing so, but something went wrong. And just like the man in the passage that I referred to at the beginning of the program, um, you know, they've they've got like a withered hand. They're no longer functioning as a member of the body of Christ in, in that sense of reaching out to others. What do you think might be some of the reasons that people have that, uh, you know, quite withered hand? Well, I think there are several reasons, and that's what we're going to look at uh, this week. Now, as we do so, Phil, we're going to look at different characters in the Bible and see that, in a sense, they had a withered hand. They, there was something that sidelined them mm. and uh, what God did about it to get them back into ministry again. Now, the first case I want us to consider today is that some people no longer reach out their hand because of failure in the past. Um, I'm sure you would agree, Phil, that we live in a very success-oriented world today. And in our driven society, men and women are prepared to sacrifice anything just to get success. You know, they sacrifice their health, their family, their integrity just to get success. Um, I guess it's because people measure their self-esteem by their success. Success is something we dream of when we're young. You know, it's something we work hard for in our adult years. And I guess if we haven't achieved it, we live in regret and bitterness during our old age. Mm. We made like an idol of success. And this mentality has crept into the church. 
Um, in fact, I would say there's like a self-imposed shame, if you like, in having a failed marriage or kids that have gone off the rails or a business that's crashed and, you know, ministries that appear to be going nowhere. We're supposed to be successful. You know, this kind of mentality is coming to the church and there's no place for failure. Uh, somebody put it this way, failure is our unforgivable sin. And in fact, I would say this, that because of failure, some people only know how to respond to that one way, and that's self-disqualification. Now, we said earlier on that we're going to look at different characters from the Bible, Phil. Now, in that sense, I'd like us to look at Peter. Remember Peter? He was the one that uh, when Jesus said, you know, you're all going to deny me and forsake me and leave me, he said, I won't, no, no, I no. won't. <laughs> These, yes, <laughs> wouldn't put it past them, but not me. But of course he did, and he crashed big time because he used bad language, he used his old fisherman's language and cursed and took oaths and so on and basically totally disassociated himself with Jesus. Now, what do we see him doing after that? Well, he went back to the nets and the boats. He basically felt, well, that's it, I've blown it. I'm Mm -hmm. no longer worthy to be a follower or a disciple of Jesus. I might as well go back and do what I was doing before. I guess that's something we can all relate to, really, where we self-disqualify, as you put it. Uh, We feel like we're not worthy anymore to serve or to minister. And It could be a perception thing, or do you think maybe it's part of the culture that we're in? Uh, In some countries, particularly, look at Japan, for example. I think back to the Second World War, many stories of the soldiers or the pilots who would rather commit suicide, the hurry-curry, instead of going to face their society as a failure. So maybe we treat people who have failed uh, say morally too harshly, which may be the case there. And what is failure anyway? I mean, what is success? How do we define all those things? I think that's a good question, Phil. Um, in fact, the Bible has probably a different view of success and failure. I mean, you can spend a whole lifetime trying to climb to the top of the ladder only to discover when you get to the top that it was leaning against the wrong wall. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And some people spend a lifetime focusing on being successful in some areas that really don't matter that much. And, of course, they neglect the areas that do matter much, you know. I think the thing is that God is more concerned with who you are than with what you do. Mm. Um, in that sense, we're already a success. <laughs> we're his success story, you know. Uh, we're, we're the success story of the cross and the resurrection. But, you know, people say, yeah, but that's your position in Christ. But even concerning our character or our practical walk, if you like, God is more concerned with what we become than with what we achieve. Uh, let me give an example. Let's say I'm successful as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I said, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're successful not. as a pastor. That's good. We I said, said that. Okay. Now, if that success made me proud or self-sufficient, in other words, independent of Christ, you know, or if it made me uncaring or uncompassionate towards others, is that success really success? Or let's say I'm a big failure in ministry, but that failure makes me a, a more humble person. It makes me more dependent on Christ. It makes me more compassionate towards others who struggle through life. Maybe that failure is actually a success. You know, a really good example of that, I've just uh, recently read the autobiography of Jim Backer, the uh, televangelist in America in the 1980s, uh, and he had a big failure. He ended up going to jail, but he said that it actually brought him closer to Jesus. It, it allowed him to see things that he couldn't see before, And the things that he thought were success actually weren't. And the things that God did in him while he was incarcerated in jail 
he now saw as far more valuable than all the other stuff he previously thought was success. I guess, Phil, that that illustrates the point that to fall is not necessarily failure. Failure is when we don't take responsibility, when we blame others or circumstances and so on. Also, here's another thing. Failure is only a mistake if we don't profit from it. Mm. See, like, obviously, what you just shared there is that Jim Back has profited from that. But if we don't learn from our mistakes, then, then that really is failure. Or here's another thing. If we're not now reaching out our hand, getting back to our, our, our theme today, if we're not reaching out our hand today because of what happened to us in the past, then that has become failure to us. That's what it's done to us. But if we can get up again and go on again like he has done, then that's really failure that's turned into success. Mm. And God never throws anybody on the scrap heap, does he? I mean, some have referred to God as the God of the second chance. It's very true, isn't it? Yeah, I love that expression. In fact, the, the God of many chances and uh, <laughs> yeah, endless chances, you know, in my case. <laughs> uh, you know, take, take, for example, Jonah. Um, what a character. You know, God says go to Nineveh, and by the way, it's this way. <laughs> he gets on a boat going the other way. Yeah. Now, many of us would just say, I'll oh, find someone else who wants to go, you know. But God went after him, sent, sent a storm out there and sent a whale to fetch him back, you know, and uh, got him on mission. But this is what the Bible says. It says, the word of the Lord came a second time. To Jonah, I love that, and there's parallels there too with Peter. We're talking about he got the second chance too, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, you know, Peter thought he was self disqualified, but uh, Jesus went after him. He actually he really went for him because he said, "Tell my disciples and Peter, I'll catch up with them in Galilee." And uh, we all know how he, you know, restored and recommissioned Peter back into the ministry. You read the first twelve chapters of Acts, and it's all about Peter. You know, he was mm-hmm. totally restored and put right back in the front line of ministry, reaching out his hand once again to minister to others. We're being encouraged to stretch out our hand this week and we'll have more for you tomorrow as we continue this discussion. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.